Hello. How are you doing? I hope you're having a great day and a great week. And um, can you believe that we only have one more week in the month of May? The year is flying by. Holy buckets. It has been a ride <laughs> up to this point. And um, there's no no uh, slowing down in sight. So let's keep it rolling. Uh, today's episode is number 33, which is wild. Um, and we're going to be talking about growing willows, uh, curly willows, pussy willows, dogwoods, things like that. Um, but first of all, thank you for being here. Uh, my name is Drew. This is the Between Me and Drew podcast with Clara Joyce Flowers. Um, I have the great honor and privilege of owning and operating Clara Joyce Flowers, which is a specialty cut flower farm nestled in the rolling hills of the northwestern corner of Illinois. And I don't do this by myself. I've got an amazing group of people that work here um, who help make all of the things actually happen that we do here on the farm. So um, know that that's kind of who we're, or where we're coming from. Um, so what we'll be talking about today are practices that we do on our farm, varieties that we grow on our farm, and sales outlets that we move willow products through um, on our farm. So I'm very excited. I've grown willows for several years. Um, we grow a fair amount of willow, um, different varieties, different uh, sales avenues, things like that. So let's dive right in. And um, we're going to start off our time together um, looking at willows as a crop and asking why. You know, why would you grow a stick? Because that's really what it is. It's a stick. Um, so there are lots of reasons why you would grow these sticks. And the first one that I've really, really tapped into um, and and use these crops in a very intentional way is they thrive in very wet conditions. Um, so if you have a kind of a boggy area on your farm or if you've got uh, maybe a stream bank or some just a, a space that always retains moisture throughout the growing season, um, these these types of plants are going to be fantastic. They're going to be very, very happy um, in that wet condition, uh, which is something that you can't always say for everything that you're trying to grow. Um, so knowing your environment and, and planting intentionally can be huge. And um, this is a type of plant that will thrive off of that wet environment. So huge fan of the wet condition, um, which is a wonderful reason to grow this type of plant. Um, they also are really, really good at spreading out or maybe providing new opportunities uh, for, for a broader window of sale. Um, if you've been listening to lots of the podcasts that, that, that I've done, um, you'll oftentimes hear me refer to um, kind of bonuses of different crops um, in regards to their window of sale. You know, if there's a if there's a crop that has a very large window of sale, um, then that's something that we really weigh heavily um, when we are looking at, you know, which crops do we grow. And in this instance of willows and woody type plants and sticks, um, they're they're magical because by the time they are ready for us to start to harvest, everything else is pretty much done at that point. Um, so. I know that we usually don't harvest our willows until at least after 
the first, second, maybe even the third heavy, heavy frost in the fall. And the reason that is is because when we're selling willows, we want a few things. We want the leaves to be off the stick. That's kind of important. Um, and we want to see the color of the stick. And oftentimes the color that is um, kind of the, the main point of curly willows and dogwoods, those don't really appear until after the first several frosts. Um, so with that in mind, that kind of dictates when we can start to harvest these things. And um, that is important because we can harvest into or late, late into f from fall and winter. We can harvest off of these all winter long. And then we can also harvest, you know, very early in the season. So before we have a ton of things coming out of the greenhouses or before the tulips are ready, um, we can start to harvest off of willows and pussy willows and dogwoods and sell those things. So we can sell straight bunches of pussy willow direct to consumers. We can sell, you know, curly willow and pussy willow to, f to florists and designers because it's something that is, you know, so spring and curly willow has such architectural value um, that, we, you know, from a designer's perspective, we absolutely love. Um, and if it's fresh and pliable, it's great for making structures and covering up wire and, and you know, metal um, that oftentimes a lot of your larger installations will have. Um, so there's lots and lots of, you know, bonuses when it comes to the window of sale for this kind of category of crop. Uh, so that's huge. I absolutely love that. Um, it's also very, very versatile uh, for multiple different reasons. If we're starting off in the beginning of the harvest season for willows and twigs, which is late fall, winter, you know, that's prime, prime time for us to be making wreaths and door swags and all of the, you know, Christmas porch pots and the holiday planters and all of those things. So utilizing the materials that we have growing on the farm to help, you know, fill out and give body and shape to a lot of those pieces falls in the category of willows. Um, using dogwoods is huge during the holiday season. Curly willow, huge. Um, whether it's you know, adding a little bit of flair to a wreath, you know, by taking the twig and bending it and then incorporating it. So you have kind of this like loopy material or having curly willow and dogwoods coming out of, you know, uh, a large patio pot to give, you know, extra added height. Um, those things are very, very important. And they're also one other way to kind of set yourself apart. Um, when we're talking about setting ourselves apart from the specialty or within the specialty industry, uh, specialty crops, horticulture, floriculture, etc. Um, kind of the main entity that my goal is to be different from is the large box stores, Walmarts, Menards, Lowe's, Home Depots of the world. Um, and if we're wanting to be different and we're wanting to provide a, a superior product and a different product and a unique product, uh, we'd need to, you know, be a little creative sometimes because the companies that are making the products for the box stores are not dumb, okay? They're very, very smart. So they might add in a few twigs of a red dogwood or something um, to a pre-made porch pot. Um, so if we're going to do that, we need to do it either different or better. 
So instead of having, you know, three little twigs of dogwood or willow, why don't we add in like six or seven, you know, give it some body, give it some shape, um, really make that entity or that component or that ingredient really stand out, make it shine. Um, so that's huge. When we're moving through the seasons and we're talking about uh, springtime, uh, spring is huge for incorporating these types of crops, these plants, uh, into designs, into market bouquets, um, anything, honestly. And it could be something as simple as taking a piece of curly willow, wrapping it up, and shoving it inside a, a vase or a mason jar and using it as sort of an armature or a structure um, in place of foam to hold your stems. It could be using um, butted out pussy willow in bouquets and arrangements. It could be letting a few plants of curly willow go in the spring and bud out so they have the little uh, green um, growth sprouts coming out of the tips. It's so, so cute. Um, so when you have access to these types of plants and these crops on your property or your farm or wherever you are in life, um, once you have access to them, it makes using them so much more conducive. Because when I before I had a, a, an established stand of willows, I never even really thought about incorporating them into designs um, on, a, on a very consistent basis. Uh, only because it was just like, oh, Jesus, that's one more thing I got to buy. And it's like, really, is a little twig going to make that big of a difference? But when you have your own and you have access to that, and you know that if you use that in place of something else that you would have to otherwise purchase, you are making yourself more money faster. So this is kind of a big deal. Um, I did mention earlier that, and I don't, you might have caught it, you might not have, um, if curly willow is, you know, still green, if it's still pliable, um, you can make it into, you know, large structures and use it to cover up mechanics and things like that. Um, but that crop also has a lot of value in addition to pussy willow when it's dry. Um, pussy willow dries very, very well as long as the catkin has already puffed out um, and it's not still hidden underneath that little shell thing. Um, but curly willow, same thing. You know, if you've got really beautiful tall whips of curly willow um, and uh, instead of throwing them away or burning them, uh, you know, save a few bundles and let them dry because if you are needing to make more of a vertical structure um, during the summer, what what better option is there to build on rather than a really strong woody stem? Um, as long as you have it anchored to the ground via weights or some sort of you know other additional mechanic, armature, structure, whatever, um, it has these really beautiful curly, you know, twigs that, you know, you can tuck things into here and there and, and tuck a little bit of Spanish moss to nestle in some very delicate stems. Um, so all of those things are valuable. And if this is a crop that can grow in an environment that otherwise might not have been super hot for growing another flower, this is perfect. This is win-win right here. Um, yes, Love it. So those are all the reasons why I grew it. Um, so I think that 
checks off the majority of my boxes. And, and now we're going to kind of move into how to grow it. Because um, when we sell willow with the intentions of you growing it, uh, we are selling an unrooted cutting. So really it is a um, chunk of stem from the lower portion of the plant. Um, and you are going to have to grow that com like in its entirety. Um, because when you receive those from us, they'll come in a little bundle wrapped in a plastic bag with a label and um, a care card that will tell you things to do. But I'm going to break that down a little bit more for you in detail. So the first step when you receive unrooted cuttings, whether they're from us or somebody else, or you want to do this with your own project, you might have you might have a plant already on your property that might work for this, or you go and buy a curly willow plant somewhere else, whatever the case is. Um, there's a few things you should know. Your cuttings really need to be fresh, and you will know if your cuttings are fresh um, because if you grab your cutting, and it's usually cuttings, I would say you should go no less than six inches. Um, we usually try to keep ours between 10 and 12. Um, if you take your cutting and you hold one end um, in each hand and you try to bend it a little bit, if it snaps, like, and it makes like a really sharp cracking noise, <laughs> it's probably a little dry. Um, if you take the your cutting in your two hands and it, it bends a little bit, it has some pliability to it, um, that is a good cutting that is ready to go. Um, and, the, and what you're looking for is you're looking for that internal moisture. Uh, once that stem dries out all the way, there's really not a lot you're going to do to bring it back. So making sure you have a fresh cutting that's still pliable, has that internal moisture, is very important, which is also why we always ship our willow cuttings in plastic. I don't like to use a lot of plastics in packaging and holding materials and et cetera, um, but this is one case where having a material that will contain or hold in that internal moisture is very, very important because a dry cutting is not going to work for you. So uh, if you do order cuttings and you have to store them for a long period for a prolonged period of time, uh, that is one thing to really, really keep an eye on is that internal moisture because the longer you store cuttings, the more of a chance that you run of them drying out, which is not going to work. So once you think you are ready and you will know that you're ready to start rooting your cuttings when you're several weeks away from your last frost date, okay? There are two main ways that you can root cuttings. Uh, you can do water rooting or you can do soil rooting. I think that the easier option is water, but the more successful option is soil. So we're going to start with water um, because it's very, very straightforward. So once you have your cuttings, all you need to do is, first step, make sure that you have your cutting pointed in the right direction. And there's a little trick for this. Uh, whenever you order cuttings from us, the label that is stick or stuck, it's a sticker that's stuck to the outside of the, of the cutting bag, um, will have arrows that will be pointing up and it'll say like this end up or this way up or whatever. Um, that's telling you which way the cutting should go. Um, arrows go up. But if you don't order cuttings from us and you're doing this on your own, um, there's a tiny little trick that I'll tell you that I tell everybody on the crew. The dormant sprouts on the willow cutting regardless of whether it's dogwood curly willow pussy willow whatever when you can find that little dormant bud 
which will be um, very, very small at this stage in the game. Um, if you look at that bud, it will be shaped like an arrow, and the arrow goes up. So once you have all of that determined, and you know which way is up on your cuttings, all you're going to do is take your cuttings and put them in a jar of water, keep them somewhere warm, always maintain you know, two, three, maybe four inches of water in that jar, and they are going to root very quickly, and they will send out new shoots very quickly. So that's how to root in water. Now, there is one problem that can sometimes happen when you root in water, and that is the transition from water to soil, because eventually you do have to plant these into the ground. Surprise, surprise, right? Um, so that can be a little bit of a challenge, which is oftentimes why I prefer to root directly into soil. And uh, that's how we do pretty much all of our propagation when it comes to willows, and it's very easy, really. What we will do is if we need more mother plants, we will take a four-inch pot, uh, which is a round or a square, whatever you have on hand is fine, or you can use yogurt containers and punch holes in the bottom of those. Those work too. Uh, fill it with soil, uh, preferably a potting mix or a germination mix or something. I would probably not use just like dirt from your yard um, just because it can oftentimes have a lot of clay which can be a little more challenging to root things in because it holds too much water and not enough oxygen availability, which is crazy to me considering we can water these in straight water or irrigate. What am I saying? We can root these in straight water. Anyway, this is how we do it. You take your four-inch pot, you fill it with soil, um, and once you have your cuttings determined with which way is up and which way is down, um, we just stick one cutting in each four-inch pot um, and water thoroughly. So we will do these by the crateful, um, and what it, what that means is like just a black bulb crate filled with pots, one cutting per pot, and then they'll go underneath a bench in the propagation house. Uh, we put them underneath the bench because it's a little cooler, so they're not going to go through as much water. Um, it's a little shaded, so it's easier on the fresh new growth, um, and it's oftentimes a little more uh, prone to temperature changes down there. Um, oftentimes because this is close to an end wall or close to a, a side wall and there's always a little you know breeze or a draft that's coming in underneath the roll-up sides um, so I, I feel like that's not a bad thing for them to be exposed to because it just makes them a, a tiny touch tougher um, when you are rooting in soil you will probably notice that you will have a slower rooting time um, I don't really have a good answer as to why for that. I just know that it does take a little bit longer to see roots start to emerge. Um, however, when you're rooting directly into soil, you really don't have a lot of uh, chance for shock, um, which is what happens when you are um, rooting in water and then you transfer them to soil. Oftentimes, if you let the soil dry out too much during that transfer process or, you know, there's just shit that happens um, and sometimes cuttings will die. So if you can eliminate that step and root directly into soil, um, you're good. You're good to go. I've often also found that plants that are rooted directly into soil will be a little um, more resistant or tolerant, I should say, to dry conditions. Um just because they've gone through that wet-dry cycle over and over again during their uh, very much youth stages. 
Um, so they're they're fine. They're totally fine. Once you get through all of your frost period in the spring, so after your first frost, then it's time to plant these babies outside. And this rooting process, depending on your environment and if you're doing this in your house or if you're doing this in you know your backyard or your greenhouse or whatever, um, you can stretch this as long as you want uh, in regards to time. You could make this take three weeks. You could make this take two months. You know, it just depends on how big of a plant you want when you go to plant out. Um, so after your last frost, everybody's good to go, ripping and roaring. There's a few things that we need to do for prep space or preparatory work before we plant these outside. And with willows, since they do fall into the woody shrub category that is also a perennial, we want to do something to kind of get ahead of or maintain the weed pressure that these plants will be experiencing. So since we don't do a lot of um, repetitive cultivation or mechanical cultivation here on the farm, uh, we put down uh, landscape fabric for our willows to grow around. I've also seen people uh, just use heavy, heavy layers of mulch, wood mulch, around their willows to just to keep the weeds down um but you want to try and do something that's first step um you know you you know what works for you um so do that that's important uh second step is site selection or f really site selection should be first step uh, <laughs> So finding an, an environment that's got consistently moist soil that retains that moisture, um, they're going to love it. In regards to sun requirements, we do grow all of our willows in full sun. Um, I do know that they can handle some shade. I just don't know how much. So might want to do like a little trial uh, trial and experiment with uh, that one if you do have a very shady, shady environment. Um, but once you've got your site selected and your, your space uh, prepped with your landscape fabric, um, you should be pretty much ready to go. There's not a lot that we do for uh, fertilizing or amending um, for these types of plants. They really do have a very, very vigorous root system. So if there is a nutrient that they are lacking, they're going to do their damnedest to find it. Um, let's take a half a step back, too. In regards to site selection, there is one thing that you need to know. Whatever you do, do not plant willows right next to your house. Do not plant willows anywhere close to your septic system, if you have a septic system. Quite frankly, don't plant them anywhere near that there is anything in the ground as far as infrastructure. These plants, when, when I say that these plants have a vigorous root system, I am not joking, okay? <laughs> Here's what will happen if you plant these next to your septic field. If you have a septic field, which is drain tile, um, that the liquids, um, liquid materials that come out of your septic system dr naturally drain through, if there is a willow plant that is anywhere near that drain field, their roots will find it, and their roots will grow into the drain tile. They will bust open over time. They will bust open the drain tile, then they will clog the drain tile, 
and they will make a very big mess. Okay, number one. Number two, keep these suckers away from your house. If you have a cinder block foundation, if you have a limestone foundation, even if you have a cement foundation for your home, in your basement walls, etc., they will find a crack. Then they will find a way in. So keep them away. If there is anywhere that there is, you know, electric lines or water lines or whatever plant or, in, you know, under the soil surface, you might want to keep these away from that too. Um, just because the roots are that crazy. They will grow over, they will grow around, all of those things. Um, and they're just going to be a pain in the butt when you got to <laughs> dig them back up. Um, in case you ever have to, you know, do maintenance on that subsoil infrastructure so just keep that in mind it's one thing you should know moving along <laughs> um once you've got you know site selected everything checks out you've got your you know landscape fabric your mulch down uh, you are ready to plant okay uh, when it comes to planting in in particular in regards to the amount of space that you're leaving for these plants that is really going to be determined by what your end goal is Okay, so if you're growing these in your landscaping and you want a nice, beautiful landscape, showy plant, then you're going to plant them a lot farther apart so that they have space to, you know, reach out and breathe and, and do their thing. However, if you're growing these for commercial production, you're going to be going to be planting them quite close. Okay, um, we planted all of our willows roughly between three and four feet apart in line. Um, and that's because there's a few reasons we, I did that. Um, the curly willows that were growing, I wanted them to have a little bit of space to kind of move um, and, and, you know, be able to branch out and curl and, and do their thing without having too much um, ver vertical or lateral push. Um, vertical push, sorry. Um, in regards to the dogwoods and the, like, the discolored pussy willows, and which would be, if you're ordering from our website, the heirloom, um, those I wanted them to be a little, forced a little straighter in growth. Uh, so they are planted a little bit closer. Um, so that, that re will really depend on, you know, what your goal is. You know, if you want really, you know, stick straight weaving willow, then you're going to be planting these very, very close together. But if you want something with a little more body, a little more natural shape and character, um, and you're working with a curly willow, then you will need to leave them just a little bit more space so that they have, during the growing season, they have uh, the space and the ability and, and the movement um, that you're looking for. So that is uh, important. Harvesting. Um, well, I th does that answer all of our questions for, for planting and maintaining? I think so. Once you have your pot planted or your cuttings planted, uh, really the most important thing is just, you know, keeping up with the moisture in, during that first year. That's the most important thing, and that's how I've killed the most cuttings the first year is just not, not having enough water available to them um, because it is still a very young, tender, vulnerable plant, and then since they are very water-hungry, uh, you do need to definitely provide for further needs in that regard. Um, but... Once they get into end of summer, those roots have already, you know, very nearly established themselves. 
Um, they've already gone down. They've already gone, you know, side to side looking for anything that they might need, whether it be nutrient or water or whatever. Um, they will find it. So don't worry about that. The first year, you will notice that you will probably have a handful of, of very small twigs that you will be able to harvest. Um, I would say maybe three, three to seven, um, and they're going to be p- quite small. Um, don't let that fool you, okay, because just because you only have like seven the first year doesn't mean that you're only going to have seven every other year <laughs> because I definitely fell in that trap. After the first year, I was like, oh, my God, I only have 300 stems to sell. This is not enough. So I planted a gazillion more. And now I have a lot of willow. (laughs) So just know that um, just like almost every other shrubby perennial, um, the more mature your plants are, the more that they will produce. And um, these will produce a lot. On a mature curly willow, um, if, we, if we cut it down to tips, which is uh, kind of how we sell it's one of the grades is a tip. It's like a three, three to five foot tip. Um, we could probably get you six or seven bunches off of each plant, um, which is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot, a lot. So keep that in mind. Um, and that number gets bigger and bigger every single year. So, uh, yeah, maintaining, you don't really have to do a lot of maintenance to them. Um, just keeping up with the weed pressure is the biggest thing from our perspective that we've found, um, anywhere that you are growing in a wet environment, you're also going to have weeds that love that wet condition too. So you're going to have to really keep up with that pressure during the first few years, uh, once your willow plant gets established, it's very, very rugged. So it will be able to handle a lot. Um, but it's these first few formative years that really will make a difference in the long run with these uh, plants. So keep that in mind because it is important. Um, now let's talk about harvesting. So we harvest, like I said, uh, very late fall throughout the entire winter and into the spring as well. Um, harvesting is very easy, very, very easy. All we're doing is oftentimes we're just cutting the tips off of the branches, um, depending on the grade or the purpose, what we're, what the intention is. Um, if we're doing tips, everything goes in 10 to 12 stem bunches. Uh, if we're doing customs where it's like a a very large branch, um, those are by the piece, um, and if we're doing bunches of tips, everything's bunched in the field and uh, pretty straightforward. The one thing to note with harvesting is that if you want consistent, reliable, fresh growth to be harvesting every year, there's one trick that you really should pay attention to. And that is at the end of the harvesting season. So at this stage in the game, your plants are probably already you know, budded out for the spring, um, for the next growing season, you really need to cut all of that old growth down to the stump that you started with. Um, And here's why. So if we are 
really wanting to have uniform product that's really lovely, slender stems, uh, nice and straight, not too branchy or hard to work with or hard to handle. Um, we we want to make sure that we can do whatever we can on our end to make that reliable. And by basically restarting the plant every season, um, we will have that. We will achieve that goal. So when I say cut it down to the stump, I, I really honestly mean sometimes taking a chainsaw or a big loppers and just cutting everything back down to the stump that you started with, which really, honestly, is the original cutting that was planted. Um, once you do that, it will flush back very, very aggressively <laughs> with new growth. I promise you. I promise you. Um, it will come back very, very strong. And um, all of those new sprouts that come back off of that main stump will turn into very beautiful um, stems for you to use for the next year. So, uh, yes, 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 yes. I am going to take a little break, get a quick drink. Uh, Leo Burby sponsored today's episode. Love them. Uh, so they have a message. And um, I will catch you back in a second. Leo Burby Bulb Company is your one-stop shop for all bulbs, bare roots, and perennials. Family-owned and operated for over 50 years, Leo Burby Bulb strives on providing exceptional customer service. While Leo Burby specializes in bulbs for spring and fall planting, they also have a young plants division that can broker plants from over 30 different growers. Whether you order online or call in and chat, the process is simple. No order is too small or large, and there's no boxing minimums on orders. Family-owned and operated, the customer service is extraordinary. Use the code DREW when you place your order online to get a free gift with your purchase. Again, that's code DREW to get a free gift with your purchase. Thank you, Burbies. I adore you. And now you're going to get to learn why. So um, in the second half of today's episode, we're going to talk about um, specific varieties. We're going to talk about pricing, and then we'll finish with sourcing which is always everybody's favorite question. So uh, variety quirks and just little things to know. We're going to start off with curly willows. Um, there are three different kinds of curly willow that we grow. There is uh, burgundy, green, and super curl red. Those are uh, kind of the three um, most common ones that I found during my collection period. <laughs> um Okay, so we'll start with burgundy. Burgundy is the tallest willow variety that we grow. If you're wanting something to act like um, a privacy screen um, or you are, you, you're doing projects that you need very tall structural elements for, and we're, I'm talking like 15 feet when they're mature and happy every single year in new growth, I promise you. Um, this is your girl. Okay, this is this is the girl to call. Um, Curly Willow Burgundy, she's beautiful. Does not have a ton of curl character to the individual stems. I will caution you on that one. Curly Willow Green, similar growth habit to, to the Burgundy. It's a touch shorter, though. Um, it has more of the, the straight curl branch. Um, both the Green and the Burgundy ship very, very well. If, if shipping is something that you're thinking about or, or long-haul transportation, um, both of these varieties are wonderful for that. 
because they are a little bit more um, uh, structured, um, they uh, bunch up lovely, uh, nice and compact in the bunch, I should say. Um, however, if you're looking for something with a lot more body and characteristic and movement and flow and ca just character in general, um, Super Curl Red really is your go-to girl. Um, she grows a lot shorter when she's mature, averaging five to six, maybe eight feet tall if you didn't cut it back all the way every year. Um, and when it gets into winter, it's a lovely, lovely uh, red, scarlet, golden color. Um, very pretty. Very, very pretty. Um, I think I prefer using Super Curl Red when it comes to tips, just because it has more of that movement and the flow um, that the other two just, just don't have. Um, yes, big fan of Super Curl. However, if you are wanting to grow willow for use in uh, structures or very large armatures, she's probably not the one for you. You should probably stick with burgundies and greens for that. Just because the way that Super Curl grows oftentimes can uh, appear to be a little mounding. Um, just in the way that, that the, the, the stems and the, the twigs mature. Um, so if you need something with that height to build off of um, or to cover up a big pole or a pipe or something in a, a tent, um, this might not be the one for you. So, um, yeah, that's that. Dogwoods. Let's talk about dogwoods. There's really only one main dogwood that we grow, and that's flame. I am working on a couple other varieties to add to the lineup. Um, I d have not devoted a lot of space to like the traditional cardinal or the red dogwood, just because it's so, so readily available. Um, however, flame, and we're working with a yellow one, um, they're lovely. They're beautiful. Uh, flame has a little bit more of an orangey tinge to it, but I love to work with it during the holiday season just because I think it's a little bit lighter and brighter um, rather than the traditional dark reds. So it, your eye catches it um, rather than it just being glazed over like a dark red wood. So um, love that. The dogwoods are going to be uh, more of a straight stick. So keep that in mind, but they are very, very pliable. It's very easy to bend them into a loop to incorporate into, you know, a planter or an, an arch or um, a wreath during a holiday season. Um, so huge fans of that. If you are wanting to grow pussy willows, which I think you definitely should, there's a few things you should know. Uh, we're going to start off with discolor, which is kind of the... the most uh, native, wild, widely acceptable kind of pussy willow. Um, it has, I would say, maybe a touch smaller, or I would more probably more so call it just like a normal-sized catkin, which is the little uh, puff ball that forms on the pussy willow branch. And um, that's the one that we grow the most of because it's very, very cute. Um, I love it. This I actually got all of my discolor planting stock from... Um, a plant that my great great grand that my great grandmother had um, at the farm that she lived on, and I think grew up there. Honestly, um, so it's very cute. Um, I have the plants. My grandpa has the plants. The plant is still alive at the home farm, so it's a lovely story. Um, but yes, discolor 
adorable. Um, next one that we grow in the most volume is um, Japanese fantail, pussy willow, fantail pussy willow. So structural, so beautiful, very, very unique. Um, I've also seen this being sold as curly pussy willow. And this, is, if you've never seen um, Japanese fantail, we have a picture of it on our website on the willows page that you can look at. Um, but a roughly 20 to 25%, depending on your plant stock, it might be a little bit more because I noticed this past season we had a lot of curls. What I'm trying to say is that not every stem that this plant produces will have the curl characteristic. Roughly 20 to 30% of the stems that it produces will have this really beautiful curl to it. Um, so keep that in mind. But the stems that don't produce a curl are lovely. They have a little bit different look rather than the traditional discolor does. A little bit just um, more unique. Um, so great, great option as well. So if you're limited on space but you want to have a Pussy Willow option to sell, this might be a good one for you because you can have be the best of both worlds. You have the straight stems and you also have the curly stems. So there you go. Uh, the next variety that we grow the most of is Giant White which is beautiful. Oh my gosh. I love giant white. It's a uh, more of a traditional pussy willow. Um, but the catkins are massive. They're like the size of your thumb. They're like beautiful, huge, gorgeous. Love it. Um, the plants do get quite tall too. Um, so you need to kind of keep that in mind that you'll have to cut them down every season. Um, but Yes, they're lovely. The The catkins are very, very soft, very plush. Um, they're fabulous. Love those. We also grow a few more novelty kinds of pussy willow. Um, things like pink, uh, jade. There's an heirloom purple that we have in our collection that's available too. All of those kind of have their own quirks, their own little things that make them unique and cool and fun. Um, so we're not going to get into all of those details, but do know that there are a few types of pussy willow that we grow in volume. Um, so discolor, Japanese fantail, and giant weight. They're the, the, the best, in my opinion. Uh, so love those. Now let's move into pricing because I feel like this is something that uh, can be a little difficult to kind of maneuver in regards to a perennial that you really don't have to do a whole lot with other than hack the shit off the plant. So um, if there's one thing I can tell you about willows and twigs and sticks in general don't undercut yourself one and don't be afraid to take a little refresher so what a refresher is is calling up your local wholesaler and being like hey wh what does a bunch of curly willow tips cost and they're going to probably tell you something along the lines of anywhere from nine dollars to fifteen dollars depending on a lot of vari variables okay um and depending on who you are selling to that is how that number will influence your decision on how you price. All right. Um, there's a few things that we should keep in mind, though. When it comes to a crop production analysis and, and profitability, since there is very little um, investment in these this small little family of plants, once you've, you know, 
purchased, ordered and purchased and rooted and done all those things. Um, year after year, there is very little that you have to do for these. Um, but there is still cost in these plants, um, in maintaining them. Um, and more so, how much does it cost for the actual land that they're growing on? Um, what are you paying in that for that property or that portion of the earth um, in taxes, in maintenance, in, you know, everything? How much does it cost you to rent that? Whatever the case is for your situation, don't forget about those expenses, those things that cost you physical money when it comes to perennials. Because just because you're not spending $200 on a flat of plugs every single year like you would be annuals, there is still expense in these plants, all right? So keep that in mind. With that said, <laughs> growing willows, if you have a really good outlet for them, can be very profitable. Um, selling curly willow to florist, an event designer that is in this very natural, ethereal line of work, can be a very great relationship for you if you're a grower. Um, I can tell you that when we have very large ethereal weddings where we have to build structures and, and cover, a uh, cover up a bunch of stuff, willows are a go-to option for me because, one, I have them and because they're beautiful. Um, so absolutely, for sure. Um, with that in mind, this goes directly back to pricing. Um Curly willow and pussy willow are two very widely grown and widely available crops um, or types of plant material on the wholesale market, usually. Um, so you're probably not going to be able to skate by for very long pricing yourself twice over what wholesale value is on the open market, So, which is very different. Uh, when we're comparing to things like ranunculus or dahlias or, you know, something that is very, very unique um, and, uh, you know, can be sometimes hard to hard to get your hands on. Um, so you, you do need to keep that in mind as well. So finding out what your local wholesale house is selling at and maybe going just a touch over. Um, don't push it too hard when you're selling wholesale to florists. When you're selling retail... Um, I have found that curly willow can be a little more challenging to sell retail just because there's there's not a lot of color to it. Um, there's not a lot of like visual interest. Um, however, if you have a build your own bar during holiday season, like build your own planter or come and get your window box greens or whatever, um, having bunches of, of willows that are in full show during the winter is a great option and that is a really really good way for you to make money on these selling them direct to consumer as a bunch um so when we do that we charge um about 15 dollars uh per bunch for willow tips um can go up can go down depending on availability demand etc um being flexible with these prices is kind of important for us because we have to be competitive but we also have to make sure that you know we're getting what we need to pay labor and maintenance and all of those things um so that's important however once you get into springtime pussy willow reigns supreme baby 
straight bunches of pussy willow are fantastic um mixing them into to uh bouquets for market fantastic option um for that crop in particular straight bunches of pussy willow i've seen go from anywhere for from ten dollars a bunch up to twenty dollars a bunch um just depending on where you are the quality the color um things like that so there's that for you let's finish up our time together with a little chat on sourcing um, sourcing is always a topic that everybody has lots and lots of questions on, and I understand that. So I've got some things to tell you, but, um, I'm also going to toot some horns here. So we're going to start off with Leo Burby. Um, Leo Burby is one of our brokers when it, the, not one of the only broker when it comes to, uh, curly willow cuttings. So starting in the fall all the way through springtime you if you are a leo burby wholesale customer you are able to purchase willow cuttings through leo burby and they will come from our farm uh, we will drop ship them directly to you um, this is a relationship that we've had for several years and it works great if you're an existing leo burby customer um, very easy to order we take care of everything on the back end and in your order you will get um the same instructions that everybody else will to, to help you along your way. So love that option. Um, if you're not a Leo Burby wholesale customer or you're just not set up in your operation to be a, a wholesale customer in general, which I totally understand, um, you can order directly off of our website. So if you only need like one bunch, that's totally fine. Um, on our website, clarajoyceflowers.com, um, starting in the fall, during our fall launch, which is the first weekend in October, um, we will have all of our Willow lineup available for purchase for spring shipping. So you can definitely, definitely, definitely um, snag those then. If you are looking for something outside of what we offer for cuttings or plants or etc., there's a few other places that I have worked with that have some very fun things to offer. Um, Spring Meadow and Logies are two other companies that have very reliable and also sometimes very unique offerings when it comes to Pussy Willows in particular. Um, I do know that Spring Meadows was working on an improved black pussy willow, um, which I'm very excited about. And um, Logie's had a lovely little sampler of like a white, a pink, and a black. So uh, if you're looking for maybe just one plant of each, Logie's is a great, great option for you. Um, so definitely, if, it, if it's an option or if it's uh, something that will help you in regards to sourcing I think or be of more um, accessibility for you in regards to sourcing I think Logies is a great great choice um, if you are a grower who needs a large volume of plants uh, Spring Meadows is a lovely option as well so um, just want to keep those in mind wow okay <laughs> This episode turned into a lot longer than I thought it was going to, but here we are. Uh, so, I, I know a lot about willows, grown willows for a while. Um, we grow a lot of willows here at the farm. We use them a lot. 
during the course of our uh, annual growing season, or yearly growing season, I should say. Um, but for today's episode, we, we really broke down the entire picture of growing sticks, curly willow, pussy willow, dog will- dogwoods, etc. Uh, started off with why we would do this, how we grow them, um, some of the quirky things about our varieties, um, pricing and how to navigate that, and um, also sourcing. So I wanted to say thank you uh, to you for being here, uh, but also to Leo Burby for sponsoring today's podcast. I really, really appreciate them and everything that they do as a, a small family-run business. They've been around for over 50 years, um, and I absolutely adore the relationship that we have with the Burby family. Um, as you heard in the um, ad, there we go. Had a brain fart for like a split second and I got terrified. As you heard in the ad, if you are a Burby customer, please do use the code Drew um, and you will uh, get a, a free little gift um, during or when they ship your order to you. Um, so very, very appreciative for you um, and for them. And um, I'm just having a great time. This has been a wild year um, and uh, all things are good. As always, uh, please do follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, if you have questions or ideas for new topics, you can send those to me uh, via email, drew at clarajoyceflowers.com. Um, we do have merch and cut flower seeds um, and flowers um, available for purchase on our website, clarajoyceflowers.com. Uh, depending on your streaming platform, please feel free to like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast. And with that... I am going to bid you adieu tomorrow, not tomorrow, goodness, next week, <laughs> we will be talking about growing violas and pansies for cut flowers, which is something that I was, I've been blown away by the past few years. Um, so we need to talk about that and we'll be covering that next week. Um, and um, yeah, I got to wrap this puppy up and I will talk to y'all later. Bye. <laughs>